Hello and welcome to the Empathy Podcast. This podcast seeks to explore the minds of those who not only understand or experience empathy, but of those who wish to take action, build, and practice empathetic behavior through conscious decision and responsible lifestyle choices. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in, this podcast might be just for you. So sit back, relax, and use what you were born with, empathy. All right. Hello and welcome to the Empathy Podcast. I'm here sitting with a super special individual. He's coming to us from Spain. And so that's super exciting. His name is Andre Venus and he's 19 years old and he's been vegan for five years and he's studying environmental preservation in the university in Norway and dreams of helping to end climate change. So that's super awesome. I can't wait for everyone to get a chance to hear that and how uh, that's going to happen because uh, that's definitely right up our alley and in line with empathy because if you don't care about the planet and the people that live on it, you know, then we need to shape, we need to shift that. We need to change that because that's very important um, because without a planet, we only have one planet. Uh, there is no planet B. And if we eat like uh, Americans eat, we need like four planets. We need to, we really got to look everyone here in America. We need to look right in the mirror because we are consuming more than any other country on, on planet Earth. Uh, so before we jump right into all that, I want to ask you, what does empathy mean to you? Well, I think that everyone has their own definition of empathy, but the way I view empathy is that it's the ability to be able to understand the feelings that other people have and not only understand, but be able to share them, which means be able to put yourself in their shoes. And when I mean other people's shoes, I mean in my case, it's to all humans, no matter what kind of person you are, to all non-human animals out there that we're sharing this planet with, with the planet, environment, and even the future generations of lives that have not been, been born yet. So that is the main, my main understanding of empathy. Yeah. And well, yeah, as I, I think that empathy is key for the planet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, if, we don't care, you know, about others, then we're not going to, we're not going to make the impacts that we need to make. And if you look at most animals on the planet, most animals give back more than they take. And most organisms and plants also give back more than they take. We're the only, one of the only species that takes way, way, way more than we give back. And so we got to learn how to give yeah. back a little bit more because... We are not very good role models when it comes to that. So um, number yeah. two, the next thing I want to ask you is, well, what do you think it, um, our planet will be like in 2050 if we continue business as usual? So, yeah, I think that uh, there will be huge differences in our lives in 2050 if we continue the way we're living now and continue increasing as drastically as we have these last few decades. I think that it's honestly, it's kind of impossible to know exactly how it will be, but I can assume that there will be like even things that we view as, as, um, given to us. I think that even these types of things are going to be so, so much different. For example, water and food. And for example, obviously the whole environment is going to be so much different. There's going to be so many. So much more destruction of rainforests and the nature in general. Air pollution is going to get much 
towards and the way that the population keeps on growing these last few years it's who knows how many people there's going to be in this world and with that many many different disasters can occur so there's no doubt that change needs to be made and needs to start now we can't wait yeah it's like uh they say the best time to to plant a tree is 10 years ago and the second best time is is now that's the second best time and so it's yeah yeah, like the best the best time to really think about and make some adjustments towards climate change is 10 years ago but the second best time is right now you know so yeah so yeah um definitely all right cool so next um i want to ask you what is it like living in spain i haven't visited but i hear great things well i honestly i really like spain as uh, both for tourism and as living one of the things i enjoy a lot about spain is the more you know a bit more tropical way of living so the people and lifestyle that we all have is much more relaxed we focus a bit more on experiences than you know doing this that 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 it's much more relaxing it's calming and just being able to find peace and do what you truly want to instead of just stressing over the things that you could be doing with your time and as well as i really like the variation of vegetables and different foods it's like there's so much that can be grown here because of the amazing climate so i really enjoy it for me personally the only problem with spain is the spring which is unfortunate as i have so many allergies if it wasn't for this then i would for sure want to continue living here yeah for sure and and like even spain like i remember it was last year right where you guys got hit by the wildfires right yeah last year yeah and, and just, the same the same time california here where i'm at got hit by wildfires too and and the wildfires the wildfires for us in 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 california was the deadliest in california history that means the most people ever died in in history wow, in one fire season last year so last year was the worst so ever horrible. so if it's getting if it was the worst last year and like it doesn't seem like we're getting better like what is what's next what's this year you know ne yeah, next exactly year. like what's five years like when is enough enough yeah for example in brazil because i'm half brazilian the family from my mother's side is brazilian and just go back a few 10 years ago in brazil there was never any sort of climate disasters there's never been anything however if you see the last few, maybe two or three years suddenly they started having hurricanes in parts of brazil and well it's just the start of you know the start of the end not to be dramatic even a country which has never experienced these type of disasters are starting to experience it like what more evidence do you need to see That's, that they're not the only ones the there was there was hurricanes and typhoons because i know it's different in each area like cyclone typhoon and hurricane like depending on like whatever hemisphere you're at i don't know but the one the one yeah. that was in the middle east there the middle east area i think is called cyclone it goes into like india india gets hurricanes we know that's common but there was a there's a place in the middle east that was getting hit by hurricanes it got hit by a couple of tropical storms two back to back or something like near yemen or or right right down there in that desert area 
and that desert had got such huge puddles and huge rivers, um, areas of water that had that doesn't it doesn't ever happen, and it created um, a breeding ground for locusts. And now there's a huge locust swarms that have that have never been wow. seen before. The people are like they're like they're like millions and millions of locusts in this Middle Eastern area and hidden yeah. in the Africa that that is really concerning. And like it looks like the you know like the ten plagues. You know what I mean? Because like that's part of it is like the locust. And so, um, yeah, there's there's all kinds of crazy weather effects. The weather effects are being changed also. Like where rainy seasons, like monsoons typically hit, right? They're not hitting yeah. when they normally hit. So it's changing up the seasons by a lot. It's changing up how they do agriculture. And there's also places that are normally getting their monsoons aren't getting the rain. It's not happening. So they're getting droughts in bad, and, and the timing is all off. These consistent timings these rituals that they have built for these for this agriculture for their food is being disrupted by weather weather patterns that are unexpected you know and and yeah. they say every degree like celsius of increase of temperature in like the atmosphere every degree increase the atmosphere can hold 10% more water so if the atmosphere can hold 10% more water then that means that the droughts are going to be 10% more extreme and the floods are going to be 10% more extreme for every degree, you know? So, and that, that's a big percentage. Like that's not a small deal, you know, 10% more no. and 10% more flood. It's really bad. But anyways, yeah, it's a big deal for sure. There's a lot of things like that, like feedback loops and stuff on the, on like the, the weather patterns. But I wanted to, I wanted to jump right into, um, if you don't mind a little bit more about you, um, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, as you said before, my name is Andre. I am 19 years old, and honestly, genetically, genetically speaking, I am half Norwegian and half Brazilian. So my mom's side is Brazilian, and my dad's side is Norwegian. And partly because of this, I've been moving around the world and living in lots of different places. For example, I was born in Norway. And when I was two, I moved to Spain for the first time. And I lived there until I was seven. And then we moved to the US, in Texas. And we lived there for around three years. And we moved back to Norway for a year and then moved back to Spain. And now I'm gonna move, move back to Norway, just moving all the time, my whole life has been moving. And there's pros and cons of this. And one of the main pros that I feel have, I've benefited from this type of lifestyle is I think that I'm able to see and view different cultures and different ways of living much better as I've experienced so many different. I've seen the Brazilian culture, I've seen the Norwegian culture, I've seen the American culture, the Spanish culture. So I think I've benefited a lot from this and I'm able to, as I've talked about before, empathize with how people grew up and how what kind of things that they go through in life that cause them to have their view their point their point of view of the planet it's i think people are just a part they're just experience of what they've gone through which makes them who they are and i think that through all of these different situations i've been in i've been able to spot this and understand a bit better Whilst the cons, I would have to say that I have to get used to different ways of living all the time. But yeah, so I've been moving a lot. And right now, last year I finished my school. So now 
after summer vacation, I'm going to be starting university in Norway, where I finally decided what I want to work with. And that is, and, and the environment as it is my passion. I really want to make, I want to have a good influence on this planet. I want to make it a better place and just try to influence others to just take small steps to help this planet improve. As I believe that this is the time we need to focus on this instead of the way we've been living previously. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, you're absolutely right about like traveling to different places and different cultures. As I travel around, you know, I lived in the Middle East for a little while. Um, I traveled to Europe. I traveled to um, Indonesia um, and I traveled to China and I traveled to uh, Mexico, which isn't that far. Um, and so seeing all those different cultures and different styles um, of people, you're right. You do empathize and you do understand what they're going through and what makes them think the way that they think. For example, in the U.S., when I'm taught about Muslim culture or, or what happens in, in, in Muslim countries, it's so not even true at all from the, when I was living in a Muslim country. And so the fact that um, I can understand the perception that the U.S. has, but I can also understand you know, the reality of, of, of what it really is. You know, and so um, that just spoke to me in a different way. And I've even I've heard people talking, you know, about other countries and stuff like this. And I just think you don't even know you've never been there. There's no way you can know something until you've experienced it. So I think the fact that you've experienced it, you can at least speak about it. Hey, when I <clears throat> when I was in the U.S., it was like this. What I saw was this and this and this versus just watching what the media tells you. Yeah, you know, because that you're not going to get the truth if you only look at that. Now the media is not the most reliable source of information. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what I want to ask you is um, part, of, part of empathizing is, is thinking about others. And part of it is imagining you know, what it would like to be others. And I know that a big part of your life is animals and caring for animals and not wanting to harm them um, and having the ability to say, you know what, I can see, I can see that they experience pain and I can see that they experience life they don't want to die I can understand that um, what led you to that conclusion where you went vegan yeah yeah that's a great question and honestly it's it's quite a lot of different factors that came into play but just starting at the beginning I would like to say that I've always been very fond of animals growing up I would always like whilst most people were already playing on the consoles or talking about sports and stuff like that, I would always just like to be with myself, read books about animals. I remember when I was growing up in the USA, there was a there was a huge library in the school. Most people were either reading about guns, about politics, about sports, and I would just read every single animal book there was. I've always been super interested in animals. I've always been it's always been like one of my priorities to be kind to animals. I would always play with like animal toys, I would talk about animals, I would always like love seeing wildlife. And this I think alongside with having a pet dog has truly made me learn to empathize with animals. Although there are differences, but the way I see it, there are much more in common. And not only is there more in common, but the things we have in common are much more important than the things that are different. And from a young age, I've always had more or less this perception 
even though I had no idea what veganism was at the time. And around when I was 13, I think, my older brother became vegan. So that is when I first heard about the whole concept of veganism. And, well, at the time, I mean, he didn't really talk too much about it. He was a bit, a bit more uh, conservative about talking. He was like, he didn't want to be judged and feel, you know, different. So I wasn't really influenced at the very start. But then as time went by, he started feeling the responsibility of talking. And I started learning a lot more about this lifestyle. And I got a bit curious. I'm not going to lie. I was also, you know, making those same old jokes that we hear all the time. And yeah, as time went by, I started learning much more about veganism. But what truly made me consider veganism at the start was, in fact, when I was 15 years old, so two years after my brother went vegan, I had a white mark on my forehead. So I actually went to the doctor and checked it out, and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And well, yeah, it's, it was a tough time, but I just wanted to figure out if there was anything I could do. The doctor said there wasn't really anything I could do. But we were persistent. We searched on the internet and we were, we were just trying to find alternatives. And that is when we came across to Dr. Joel Berman. I don't know if you've heard of him. He is a plant-based doctor that helps a lot with mostly health issues. And that is when I first went vegan or maybe you might want to call it plant-based. So at first I did it for my own health. But then as time went by, I started seeing that I enjoyed eating this food and then I started watching the other aspects and then I just got completely motivated to stick to this lifestyle. And I said, it doesn't matter if I get cured or not, I'm going to continue being vegan, not for my health, but for the animals and the environment. I think that I've been in all three stages, the stage of, you know, making jokes, sending pictures of burgers to my vegan brother and like, uh, aren't you going to miss meat to being the stage where I was plant-based and then to the stage of actually being vegan for the animals and the environment. Yeah, for sure. I have a similar path. Um, I actually didn't go vegan or try going vegan or plant-based until I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I was led into the documentary, What the Health? And then I learned um, about ways to cure autoimmune diseases, cancer, heart disease, the leading killers some of the leading killers of humans in the entire world, it was basically gave a blueprint on how you could reverse these things and stop them. And I was like, well, why doesn't everybody know this? Everybody, what? This is going to stop and killing how many people? And I was like, okay, everybody should know this probably, right? And like, no, like nobody thinks this. Nobody, everyone's against it. And I'm just like, blows my mind. But I tried it and then I got healthy and I was like, okay, there's definitely something to this. And then I learned about the animals and the environment as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah, very similar. Um, so now what would you say is something that or some of the things that you do to give back? Because I think it's very it's one thing. I think it's one thing to just say like, OK, I am not going to hurt any animals or I'm going to be empathetic and I'm going to have empathy um, for others personally. But it's a whole nother thing to teach others how to do it and impact other other people so what are some of the ways that you're impacting others to do this well 
honestly at the start i didn't really do any type of activism i was a bit yeah i i was a bit afraid of speaking out because you know i was at my teenage years and everyone else was you know eating the traditional way you know meat cheese all animal products so i i feel i felt i felt a bit different and um yeah so i didn't really do too much activism however these past two years i started a instagram account where i at least try to motivate people to try to eat more plant-based or vegan foods so i post a lot of recipes of food that is good so that people can actually try it non-vegans try to see that it's it's actually good as i like to say so that is one of the things i felt that has made a big difference as many of my friends uh, in school and in the university always are interested they're curious to try these foods and then they start seeing being more open-minded seeing that it's the taste is really great so now they're open to learning more about the other aspects as when people think that veganism is just a diet which it's just salad and rice and it's boring honestly i don't think many people would want to go vegan if that was the diet so i think that we need to open perspective people's perspective by actually showing them and leading by example and then instead of just trying to be extremely pushy all the time let them come to you as when they see how you're thriving they're going to be curious to know and just leading by example is my way of thinking. I think that is one of the best ways to do, uh, to change the world, talking about veganism and talking about other aspects of life as well. I think that example, leading by example is the way to go. And I've also now, by the time, I think tomorrow, if I get myself to it, I'm going to start a YouTube account. I decided I want to do a bit more activism and not just lightweight, like showing some food and a bit here and there. I want to incorporate my studies of environment so I can give and share the knowledge that I learned in these coming years for the benefit of the world and just to have people that are interested and curious to learn about how our lifestyle is influencing the planet and what differences we need to make if we actually truly do care about the future so i think that is my goal is to work more on in the environment and animals but also keeping a bit of that health and food really so a bit of all aspects yeah what would you say are some things that are happening right now on the planet um that are being caused by animal agriculture and maybe if we didn't you know fund animal agriculture that it would help the environment what are some things well for the beginning you can already to start off you can see the global greenhouse emissions that are going on so many people are surprised when they hear that the animal agriculture is responsible for a lot of the carbon dioxide emissions which are in turn polluting the planet which then alongside other factors cause global warming and I remember seeing a documentary called uh, Cowspiracy, uh, which really changed my whole perspective. I, if I remember correctly, 18% of greenhouse global greenhouse emissions were from animal agriculture compared to transportation, which most people, you know, most people think about transportation when they're talking about 
greenhouse gas. However, the transportation was 14% and animal agriculture is 18. That just shows you how much of an impact what you eat has on the planet. And not only uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but you can also see at the deforestation which is occurring to clean, uh, clear up land for the farms, factory farms, for um, all of the crops that they make to feed the animals, for the slaughterhouses, and you combine all of this, and the numbers are insane. I saw a study that said that it was around, I can't remember exactly, but it was like in the 80, 80%, more or less 80% of all deforestation is for animal agriculture. And 97% of deforestation of Amazon rainforest was for animal agriculture. So it truly is a huge difference, a huge difference compared to all of the factors which we talked about. For example, palm oil which still is bad, but it's not as detrimental to the environment. Yeah, and something people forget about is the oceans. So yeah, the, the oceans, oceans, you know, they say the oceans die, we die. Um, we're projected to have no fish in the ocean by 2048. Zero, all of them gone. Because all of the fisheries are severely overfished or depleted, and they just can't recover fast enough. We're taking about 2.7 trillion fish out of the sea. And on top of that, the amount of runoff from factory farms that's going into the ocean is polluting them and making them more acidic. It's literally, you can measure this acidity level mm. of the ocean and you can see the changes when, it go, when you increase acidity and it's like deteriorating shells of animals. You know, it's destroying um, coral reefs, um, the temperature rising because the oceans absorb so much of the carbon dioxide, like over like maybe over half of the carbon dioxide there, they, they absorb that as well. Um, and so that is going into the ocean and also increasing the temperature. Whereas, whereas a lot of the 50% of the oxygen comes from the ocean as well. And the acidity in the ocean is killing the, the phytoplankton that produce the oxygen. So there's, there's all these like ripple effects that are happening and, and at a fast, fast rate, like, like no one's seen it this fast before. And also with the whole, the plastic pollution and even the whole ice melting and snow melting up in the poles which are having a huge effect as that also um yeah has a huge impact on temperatures and with the less snow and ice we have the faster the temperatures are going to rise which is a bit surprising to many people but like all of these different factors combined that's what is truly scary about the situation it's not just individually we have to look at it on just global perspective of everything that's going on yeah absolutely and the the simplest easiest most impactful thing that you could possibly do to help all of these things is is to go vegan and then to help others do that as well because then you're making even more of an impact and i think that's that's having empathy there's a lot of there's a lot of things that need to change but there's a, a lot of these things that need to change. There's nothing you can do individually. However, the big, yeah, like as you said, the biggest thing that you personally can do right now is just changing what is on your plate. Whilst, you know, it's, it's the easiest way and it's also has a huge impact. You, many people might think I'm only one person. It's not going to make a difference. Like if everyone thought this way, then 
I don't even want to know how the world is going to look like. Yeah, I think that everyone just has to take action. There's different levels, but I mean, not everyone has to go around and uh, you know pressuring the the governments and organizations, but you know at least try to do something for the future, which it could be changing your diet. And if you on definitely definitely do not want to go vegan for whatever reason even just reducing your animal consumption is going to have an impact for the environment at least so i think that just you have to put things in perspective and every single change small steps is what makes a difference yeah absolutely all right well is there any where can people find you if maybe they want to reach out to you and connect with you if anyone wants to reach out, I would be very pleased. I always focus on trying to answer every single person, as I think that is always important to just be open to people with different opinions or even similar opinions and have conversations with them. So I answer to everyone that DMs me on Instagram. And uh, my account is just Andre Venus. And if you're also interested, you can find me on YouTube my new account, which is also Andrew Venus, where, where um, I'm planning to do a few videos every now and then and see, see if I'm enjoying this way of activism. And yeah, just, just want to give it a try, YouTube as well. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, take care. It's been great talking to you. And uh, we'll be sharing this one as soon as it's ready to go. Thank you so much for having me, man. All right. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Empathy Podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you guys took away something and you can apply it in your day-to-day lives. Also, I can see that there's a lot of you listening that aren't subscribed, so please, please subscribe. Make sure you leave a review at Apple Podcasts that helps people find my podcast so that more people can listen.